0: <laughs> the snow it's that you long to pierce, it's just a train, <laughs> I'm Mikey's <he's> Abe. <laughs> um, welcome to Frame That's Rate, it. we rate the frames. Um, yeah. It's a Woo. Welcome to Frame Rate, the podcast where we rate frames. It's a very special pick the flick episode. And uh, as I said, I'm Michael Swain. With me here is the co-rate, frame raider. Co-writer, Abe Epperson. Yep. And joining us is a very, very special guest. Hi. Please announce yourself. Hi, I'm Dave. Dave That's Bell. That's it. It's just Dave, you guys. It's just Dave. It's just Everybody. here. It's just Thank Dave.
1: you. Thank you for having me. Oh. Uh, I feel very special. Oh, you
0: are very special. I imagined that you love this movie. Am I wrong?
1: You're not. Hmm you're oh, not wow that's even right. more
0: exciting if you're like i do enjoy you this have movie. weird qualms about the movie that's better. no
1: no it's not that <laughs> i i it's i really liked it when i saw uh, it and then i didn't think about it for a while and uh and then i saw uh, what was his after frame uh, frame rate, after Snowpiercer, piercer was that's it branding
0: ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Where yeah. your goddamn head uh i think it's oak jeff for netflix when did yeah. the yeah. host was pre Snowpiercer? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes, that was 2006, I want to say, okay. and this is 2013. By the way, and we're guess- talking
0: about Bong Joon Ho, recent yeah. recipient of the uh, Best Film Oscar for Parasite, and I think mm-hmm. that will be important, or that oh, for sure. like, that's why it's a good time to talk about Snowpiercer. I think. Spoiler it was- alert! My take is like, oh, I didn't realize he was doing radical class dynamic cinema the whole time.
1: Well, that was the thing. I thought Snowpiercer was really on the nose, and so it's a, it's really, really beautiful, and it's really good visually, but I, I think when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's a bit much, and then I saw Parasite, I'm like, there it is. You didn't, oh, you like, didn't
0: need a train. You just need to show, yeah, sure. like, the world. Having just seen Parasite, it's hard. I mean, Parasite is fucking incredible, so yeah, it's hard to stand up to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, Abe, we should thank the person who finally got us to cover Snowpiercer, which I've been wanting to cover. Carl P. Carl P. Carl!
2: Yeah, thanks, man. We live for... in a
0: goddamn nightmare scape, so we don't say your last name just in case just someone in case. would hunt you or threaten you. You never know. Now feel free to out
2: <laughs> yourself in any of the comments
0: and say, it's me,
2: Carl P. Yeah,
0: Here's is my it, address. Is it because the P
1: you. stands for penis and you guys are a little bashful? That's, Carl um, penis yeah,
0: I just get a little nervous
1: you don't want to say it.
2: yeah we don't want to no. some people don't want it and sometimes we forget <laughs> to ask um, so.
0: real quick in case you don't know uh because we're three good old buddies so we just sort of dove in but I'm gonna blow past the synopsis because I expect most people who would listen to this show have seen it the future is a frozen wasteland there's a train presumably called the Snowpiercer, although that's never explicitly said, um, that goes on a circuit all around the whole world and it's built to never fail or something. I don't know. They call the engine the internal Engine. It always
2: keeps running. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: somehow self-sufficient. Uh, it's hard. I don't, yeah. All right, we'll get into it, but just buy that. And uh, basically, everybody else on Earth died, so the complete hierarchy of Earth is based on the ticket you bought it's like if you like checked in early on Southwest, so now you're part of the upper echelon of society because everyone mm-hmm. died except who's on the plane. So like the first-class people live in the front, middle-class people in the middle, and our story follows a revolution that happens from the tail of the train, makes it all the way to the engine, and a bunch of crap happens. Um, so it's like a sci-fi apocalyptic, but I now realize, which I can't... You're right, Dave. It is so on the nose, but somehow I was very satisfied rewatching it this time because when i watched it the first time i think it works as an action sci-fi thriller so well that i wasn't really thinking about it as a political treatise which is shocking now when yeah, I, it is. I like it so obviously is yeah but uh, after watching parasite so i had like the reverse watching parasite made me realize i should be thinking about shit like that while i watch this and i actually found the rewatch very satisfying for that reason Be right. It's less elegant. Parasite is a guy smelling you and saying that you smell poor. Snowpiercer is a hatchet to the face.
1: Right. I think, well, I think, and again, it's hard because I don't want to talk about this movie like it's a bad movie because it's very good. Uh, We're like forced to compare it to Parasite a little bit. But I think Snowpiercer has that, uh, like it has to be kind of a gimmick, like he was still trying to get people's attention. So, like it's to sell very, the movie, you mean? Yeah, and to sell himself, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it—it's it, just one of those things. I feel like young filmmakers do is they—they they go for like the cra- craziest premises first if they can. I think of like uh, uh, um, Nolan with Memento as opposed to Nolan Now, which I would say Memento is actually a crazier premise in terms of the structure. Like it's it's. It just feels like they were they he didn't want to just sell that idea. So he had to do some crazy train story that has a lot of like fighting and you
0: got Captain America in there. That helps. That's still weird to me. And I think the Avengers because the Avengers are now so tied into the whole like Disney Pixar theme park like nostalgic no matter how exciting it gets it's still part of this like corporate family where everything's going to be four quadrant and fine uh it was it's weird that it's chris Evans, right yeah and and he does a good job in the scenes where he has to act i it makes you wonder like oh i wish he had more opportunities like this in the avengers but i feel like the avengers has made everyone in the avengers so iconic that i can't even watch their old movies now or without being like so captain america ate a baby all right good to know
1: (laughs) of all the things the baby stuff is concerning but like that when he lights up a cigarette i was like oh no cap the kids think of the (laughs) kids your role (laughs) model
0: it's true
2: that's my favorite sequence of that when chris evans says that he knows what humans taste like and babies taste the best and then he starts to talk about a woman and a baby and a selfless act by john it's really good but yeah but when you, uh, if your mind is broken like mine, I have to assume that both of you guys, when he started talking about a news story about a woman and a baby, like he was going to continue to talk about how he wanted that baby.
1: How so good delicious! That... Well, yeah, when he said babies taste the best, I was like, well, yeah, I haven't eaten
0: a baby, but I suspect as much. <clears throat> I assume it works with other animals. Really? I guess? Oh, yeah. I, don't know. I would think. <laughs> okay, it's getting grim real quick, but it's a grim sure. movie. Um, it's great. I would think that like a seven or eight year old would taste the best because a baby is just fat. Like, don't you want some muscle slash meat on the developing yeah, body no, that you're no, going to cannibalize? Right.
1: Eating children is the best. You're right. <laughs> yeah. That's why. I mean, the witch in, in <laughs> like Hansel like and Gretel,
0: like boy. <laughs> yeah. End of podcast. <laughs>
1: Um, no, here's okay. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Here's the thing: is that kids are kind of. I find kids gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, and so like babies seem like a cleaner meal. And I know you They're wash pure. the meat and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. It's more like emotionally. Maybe maybe this is for more for me. They I haven't
0: guess. ingested as many carcinogens yet. Yeah. Like I bet human like, compared rolling around to in animal meat, human meat is garbage probably, because we just eat shit and poison you know right. what i mean
1: yeah oh yeah like whenever a great white shark eats someone people say like oh it thinks you're a seal and i always think of the great white shark being like "Ah, oh, oh gross oh it's a human
0: it's one of those oh, seals that like went bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh back to Snowpiercer. <laughs> abe you haven't talked enough what do you got off the top of your noggin on snow uh,
2: you know uh, You know, since we're just kind of going all around it, I I actually uh, responded to what you guys were saying about like this as, uh, like or Parasite as a companion piece to Snowpiercer. Not the host. Made me think about Parasite and the the... host. Come on. Hmm. Yeah, come come on. Um, and it made me realize this viewing of it because I hadn't seen it since I'd seen Parasite, and kind of like the ending of both films and like what. I guess the message of both films are and it's it made me think of something it actually offers Snowpiercer actually offers more of a negative message in one sense and more of a positive sense in another obviously Snowpiercer is much bleaker and the stakes are higher but it does end with hope in fact one can say that unlike Parasite which portrays like no option or alternative it just paints how far we've gone this movie has a lot of consideration towards the ramifications of the upheaval, and it's so purely on the side of the tale and the people that we're following. And we're so assured that Wilfred, uh, Wilford, I guess, is uh, like not a divinity. He's just a guy, and he's a piece of shit. Uh, it turns out it's that like the a upheal, cult. yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. The, the so depiction. it turns out that the upheaval is uh, is successful, and the fruits of the rebellion are catastrophic to this society. But it immediately comes in with the promise of, like, a new society that's more status quo to us. Like, people kicking around, not in trains. It's kind of like a Wally ending,
0: you know? Well, Uh, I had that. Uh, Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Well, I was just going to say, what's dark about this, though, is that if it weren't for the simple truth that the Earth had recovered to the point that people can now survive outside the train, the rebellion is essentially the destruction of the human society. Yeah. So... It's a very nuanced sci fi that, it, and it doesn't need to be. It's could have easily been a smash em up. Like, that just results in, like, yeah, the people who we're re- rooting for won. But in this, like, increasingly more relevant and complex conversation about sustainability and freedom and climate change and all that, it really is like tyranny and life versus, like, risk and liberty. Like, y- yeah. it's not like tyranny versus liberty good bad it's like well yeah because like if they didn't if it didn't resolve that way (laughs) like if they didn't have that in their ringer the idea that like just by looking at one plane you know he's able to infer that like oh now i can see the fuselage and stuff so now like the snow is melting and if That's a wild assumption about the globe, by the way. Well, the other
0: node was that he knew an Inuit woman who was part of the uh, Rebellion of the Seven who told him about all the different kinds of ice. And then you see that when he's high on chrono one time, he is able to get a very clear image of a snowflake as it goes by. I love this movie, by the way, spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because when the train went around... It's just so fucking cool. When the train went around a curve dad thug which is what i call the blonde guy who becomes the big bad in act three with no backstory or reasoning right um he looks like he looks like evil michael mckeon like yeah. He, oh yeah that's a good poll <laughs> yeah yeah but i also yeah that's i want to get to that later because i do wonder about it's interesting Having a well, guy become the big bad who's just like, what's his motivation? He never speaks. Who is, who is that guy? Why is he yeah. the main villain now? He's just a zealot. <laughs> just an. He just fucking of the will chain. not stop. He's the John McClane of the evil team. Um, yeah, exactly. But I really wanted to focus on the ending because that's what they brought up, and uh, I want like everyone's assessment of. I don't understand that. First of all, I do love, I think this movie goes out of its way to subvert the kind of tropes you would see in a movie like this. One we already touched on. They take the main character you've been rooting for the whole time who represents the working class rising up in rebellion because they've been pushed too far. And they say, yeah, but in the hard times, you like killed a lady and ate her baby and all this shit. So no one gets off the hook and it feels more like a Marxist, like overview of... Yeah, a revolution happens. I'm not even saying yeah, he literally pro or anti. throws his
2: body into the gears. Yeah. You know? Just yeah.
0: like revolution happens and people die on both sides. Everyone fights for their self interest and then the next revolution goes around. And when this happens, the working class benefits. When this happens, the rich hoard their shit, whatever. But um, in the end, uh, the other subversion I love is. The train fucking flies off the tracks and everyone dies. Like that's the end. Of- so, yeah. Abe, it sounds like you have a different interpretation. So I want Dave's take because my interpretation was this movie ends with the complete and utter end of humanity. I don't understand how. What is Yona gonna mate with Timmy? That child. And then what are the children? Is it an Adam and, and Eve that, thing where well, we doesn't do work? As
1: like, I think the last shot. Just in case the, the bears are going to be like, oh, score, and they're going like, to get Isn't one decent meal. Is the bear just going to eat them? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I think I thought that shot was supposed to show that other life finds a way, kind of
0: stuff, or that yeah. there's already a complex ecosystem if it can support polar bears. But mm-hmm. I, I still would argue if there aren't humans in like settlements who came out of bunkers that we didn't know about or something. I don't see how they survive much longer no. than the end of the movie. No. I think
1: there's a chance some of the people on the train survive, but I think the point is kind of fuck it because the the yeah. train's literally a cycle. It's literally just an endless cycle that has to be broken. And and Ed Harris is doing his worst job at convincing uh captain america to do that he's like just dunking on him a bunch although like it almost works <laughs> it almost works but it seems like he's just kind of, he's he's just kind of trying to be a dick to him as well uh i got the sense that he was like kind of a
2: nihilist about it yes now. yeah like he, he didn't seem he, to care When they hug, he goes like that's nice like his response yeah. to oh they're thwarting my plan all the things that I was doing is he just doesn't like try nice. to Whatever. stop them. Yeah, yeah. Like He's over it. It's a great like he delivery He doesn't
1: seem by like he way. cares anymore. Nice. He's- yeah. Which is why I thought his main motivation was just, I am going to dunk on this guy for a while and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Chris Evans seems to be almost convinced. And then he sees the final cost of the running the engine and it's that realization, because I don't, I don't think Chris Evans, he doesn't believe necessarily that the snow is melted, right? He do, he right. hasn't gotten that much proof. No, he hasn't gotten that. But to him, it's like, it's this cycle and it's endless and he's either going to be part of it or he just has to break the cycle at any cost. And, and so I feel yeah. like that's the idea is that what they're doing is worse than nothing. Like, it's if like- nothing is the possibility,
0: it's like the raid on a train meets the lighthouse and the engine as the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I do agree with your assessment that it's way more on the nose than Parasite. And sci-fi always is because it's boiling everything down to like, this single character is emblematic of this whole multifaceted class of people. Okay, they right. interact in this way. It's like an essay. But I don't know. I still get off on Both. ideas like, oh, the cost of the cycle is the children, just like yeah. how the cost of the economic revolutionary cycle will always be the future. I realize that it's not hard to make that connection, but I still get that thrill of satisfying, like, that means that, yeah. that means that. I think that. it's good allegory. Bong Joon-ho work. thinks this. <laughs> yeah. I think the, yeah. uh, one of my
1: favorite links that I don't think is, doesn't seem to be explored as much is the pure nihilism it drives the characters to And *Parasite* spoils for *Parasite*? I'll try to be vague, but one of the main characters does something that he can't come back from because he's just so fed up with what he sees. One thing happen uh, that it just he loses it, and I feel like it's the same thing here. It's the idea that it's driving these people who are at the bottom to the point where it's they've just it's they've just lost their mind like yeah. you're just, mm. it's it's mm. they hit a breaking point and it doesn't really matter anymore for them they just wanted yeah. to
2: stop we're just shadows of humans we're not humans yeah
1: and like chris evans has by the time he gets to the front of the train he's lost like pretty much all of himself for that reason yeah. everything oh, he believes and all in has his fallen apart.
0: i think that's one of my favorite dead, subversions: yeah. is the percentage of times on film that someone puts a knife to someone's throat that's associated with the protagonist so, you know they love them and goes, Stop, stop, I'll kill your fucking person you care about. The number of times they say the revolution's more important, I'm sorry, kill my friend, is so slim. Movies almost, that scene almost never goes that way. And I had forgotten that it went that way. And I was like, damn, Cap. Yeah, (laughs) the character with the knife to
1: him, he doesn't even say, like, it's okay or anything like that. He looks genuinely bummed that chris evans but he's is like, like gotta move forward
2: yeah and then they twist the dagger and give you the backstory about uh the he killed the, that guy's the mom fact that edgar yeah. is his the,
1: the boy that moral, uh, he was
0: going to eat he Moral he the story
1: moral just eat the baby it's gonna die anyway in the revolution right but. that's the moral but of the story. i yeah. think
0: this sta- i think the real statement is um that r- or like i appreciate that bong Jun ho it It's highly propagandistic because it's presenting an essayist like I think this. You can tell because of this and this. So I'm not gonna say it's not propagandistic, but if you know what I mean, it's well-rounded propaganda in that he doesn't glamorize the revolution. Like it's it struck me as truly Marxist or like Leninist in the way that that scene kind of is attempting to like get across to the audience. In the revolution, there will be moments where the greater good means you let your loved one die. Right. Like that's part of it. Yep, gotta break some eggs. Even I mean,
1: going back to parasite, parasite, the family in that uh, the 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 family that we're with the whole time. They don't do perfect things at all. They're scamming their way into this yeah. house because they're desperate and it's right. desperation. And you're, but it's you're about
0: sympathetic because the... you're desperate because you understand desperation. You know what, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you understand
2: what that's that does what, to you. That's what makes that this film so dark because *Parasite* is pointing out a flawed system, and that's dark. But there is room for redemption of society there. Like they can, we can still look at *Parasite* as a cautionary tale. The gamble of *Snowpiercer*, based off no very little information uh is there is no redemption is like it's this right. is how humanity a coin ends flip. End,
0: bitches you this fucked is, yeah, it up. It's a coin flip yeah. <laughs> i think <laughs> you
2: have no power over this is a problem um,
1: i think with dystopian films and i think uh, i think snowpiercer avoids it i think this is a good version but i remember watching the hunger games and the author being like yeah it's a cautionary tale and it's like of what it's too yeah, late how do by we this get, point how did, <laughs> how did we even get to this point this this future <sighs> yeah, you've created is
2: uh, is ridiculous I think that's very well said because I think that's one of the major problems with allegorical films of these days and age is that they are doing like terms which is what allegories do like look at what this person is wearing aren't they kind of like rich people with their fashion and stuff like that that is just metaphor that's not allegory and so if you truly want to give a moralistic tale you have to actually do the work of like what's the moral conundrum what's the question at the heart of what i'm trying to get at hunger games doesn't hunger games is just trying to build a very interesting metaphorical scaffolding for you know fighting movies and let's revolution cut the bullshit and-
0: hunger games is right. trying to translate the the hook from battle Royale to American cinemas for a billion dollars hunger yeah, games. Sure. That's yeah. all it ever was. I will yeah. take a stand yeah. on that. Watch no, no, battle I, Royale. I, I it's bad, it's more sophisticated. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, no, you're just coming out and saying it. I like that about you. I you're like a good you one. Too, man. <laughs> um, but like when it comes down to it, it's like, yeah, it, it, it's one of those reasons that it's always good to watch movies that ask questions. Cause you get dialogues like this where, we all kind of agree with each other because we have similar worldviews, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we still find things to pick out and like mentally masturbate about. Anyway, so that's what I'm looking for. Nuance.
1: And regular masturbate about, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. good that you can hold <laughs> these newfangled mics with one hand. I'll just say that.
2: Mm-hmm. That, that is true. Kim, um, uh, go ahead. Well, you, I was just going to point out if this is a segue. Uh, Tilda Swinton, M- MVP, oh, right? Me masturbating oh, always. is
0: always a segue to Tilda Swinton, and I mean yeah, that okay. in a respectful, professional, metaphorical way. In that she's <laughs> one of my favorite actresses, and I think she's phenomenal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The
1: part where she's begging for her life and she takes yes. out her teeth was Thank the you. teeth.
0: That's, I wrote it. Ugh. Yeah. Was the? Do
1: you know? Have you looked at behind the scenes? Was the teeth intention? Like, was that an improv? Because obviously she's wearing false teeth for the role. Also, was that it, an
0: effect or does Tilda Swinton have dentures in real life? Oh,
1: I assume they just, because she has like, terrible teeth, the character. I assumed she had some sort of fake teeth on for the role. Right. And yeah, like and in the moment the she decided to pull it out. Like, that's what I'm wondering if
0: that's uh Oh, an improv? If- I think in that's improv- just just out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they
2: <laughs> added some lines on her face, but like it's true that when she takes him away, it's a little bit more sullen. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm glad we all responded to that moment because if you watch this movie, I personally cannot think of a moment that I was more affected by catharsis, like in my life, because of her performance. Seconds before she's like. Take off. Uh, I'm, we're like all like screaming and clamoring for like kill her, murder her. Right. And then suddenly, in a single move, with her cheeks sown by like the empty space, her eyes pleading for her life, she's immediately the saddest grandma. And I can't ha- help <laughs> but feel for this like unflinching oh. zealot. That spouts ignorance well, and hatred throughout the film. I don't want that film. to be.
0: I don't want to be lumped in with. No, I thought he should kill. I thought she got off way too easy. I uh, still, in that moment, would have tortured that person. <laughs> like, an example oh, should have been made of her. <laughs> I
2: think she's just. Well, because she represents. You can't deny that she gave that Curtis yes. performance. Oh, she killed. She killed. Is like. But sh- that reversal is makes you like if there was ever a performance that if i i was curtis in that situation where i'd be like oh man why'd you have right. to do that because mm. now i'm like i but in our simple but she's in our simple mapping of
0: the allegory here she represents propaganda and media and the official cover she's story called, that I justifies think she's, everything and uh That's the thing I hate the most because we're all storytellers here and people who storytell for explicit evil purposes should fucking get shot and not in the head in the stomach and left in the desert for several days.
1: Well, yeah, she's she's also seems like oddly in control, even when she's begging like I never feel like she actually like she always seems like a liar uh, because she's just like, yeah, uh, spare me because I want to live. And I'll give I'll gi- I'll give up Ed Harris, and uh, and then I'll live. And she seems, even then, to not lose. Like uh, it seems calculated. Her pulling out her teeth and looking pathetic is so calculated from that character that it was hard for me to feel that much sympathy from her. Because she always felt like, oh, the moment she gets a chance, she's going to switch back. Because of course she, which is. she does. <laughs> of
0: course, yeah. Yeah, which I might she be does. late
2: to the party. Uh, I only caught this in this viewing. She does the hand gesture at the beginning of the movie when she's talking about the shoe and stuff where it's like the grab twist, and then pull towards you, uh, which is the gesture that the children make when they're in the engine. Yeah, it's like a weird inside joke. And so it means that she knows. Oh, yeah. And that's, uh, that's like a adding insult to injury. You mean she yeah. knows that the I whole society is a lie or whatever the
0: revolution is. based on the children. The yeah. planned, yeah.
2: Because it's totally possible that, uh, you know, Ed Harris could just demand kids and she's everyone else is oh, so much says, of a like purist oh, of saying. like oh yeah what she says I
0: swear I don't know what he does with the kids though I don't know so don't exactly. like take your ire out on oh, me oh yeah and you're saying the fact that she uses that hand gesture means she totally does know that she just says it's whatever that she wants or
2: <laughs> yeah that it's, is some other, just like the song that Alison Pill and her sing and with the yeah. kids, it's such a cultist like gesture that for some reason, I don't know why that would be true, why Wilford would be like, everyone make this hand gesture, it means something. That tickles you know, me. But I won't tell you yeah. what it means. <laughs> I, I doubt it, but that's possible that she's just spouting, because she's like literally the voice character. I think it's uh, more likely- She could just be propagandist and not understand, but I think she does.
1: I think it's more likely everybody's just throwing each other under the bus cuz it just feels like politics where it's like the moment they're caught they're like I didn't know anything. I don't yeah, know exactly. what's going on. It was them. Everybody and, they catch is innocent. Everybody and they and catch knows nothing. Know.
2: Yeah. And
1: that's you don't need to. Yeah. I like the like, the the scene where she does the hand gesture. This resonated with me now more than ever cuz it's them preaching to them about civility because someone threw a chew while mm-hmm. while freezing a man's arm off. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's perfect. So that's what like the the civility stuff is perfect for, for now. Can we talk about
0: how much it works as an action movie? If you ignore the allegorical parts, because I want to devote some time to that because I think it rules. Like it does remind me of the raid and other action movies that I'm just like, that's so tight. Everything just pays off so quickly. Um, Yeah. And I think a like trademark of that genre is like you were just referencing every character, many of whom you never find out the name of or the names don't matter. Side note, I love that a South Korean like screenwriter writing English names is as clunky and awkward as me trying to just pick South Korean names <laughs> in a script that would pass. He's like, Curtis, Edgar, I don't know, American names. But anyway, yeah. um, Uh The uh, every character on every side from the evil people to the good people has traits that make them indelibly like memorable, like that guy with one arm who I think has some kind of personality disorder or something and yet. Like no one is faceless. You know what I mean? There's no such thing as a faceless henchman in this. Through no dialogue, no. we get this character, Gray, who like does parkour and uses his tattoos to communicate and is a knife throwing expert. Everything's so. It's dense. like everyone has some stuff going on. And I think that's what? a trademark thing of a good action movie. It's like everyone has their palette of moves Absolutely. and shit that they do, and they're really notable. And then on the evil side. You get this weird, you slowly intuit with very little information like, okay, the guys in the gray suits are like the Imperial Crimson Guards <laughs> in Star Wars. Like, they're better at fighting, I guess. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so interesting. Uh, I think he's good at that. You get,
2: You get, like, the bald guy who's, like, the assassin oh, at the end. Like, yeah. everyone has, like very characteristic features. I thought one of the most, yeah, they, they all, go ahead, all. I
1: bet they all committed to it the moment they got on the train, right? New new, new place, new new chance for a new personality, a new right. you, what you've always wanted to do. The guy's like, I'm just not going to talk. I'm going to tattoo a bunch of shit on me. I,
0: Now's yeah. the time. I bet the big bad in the silver suit at the end who I call dad thug was like a dentist. And now he's like, I've yeah. just always wanted to kill a lot of people. Now's <laughs> my chance. Right, right. Uh, It's just
2: got a high pain threshold.
1: In terms of the raid, I would say, and this is not a bad thing about the film, is that I don't think of this film that much as an action film. Because I feel like the action was filmed in a way where it's filmed with actors who don't necessarily seem like they know how to fight. It's more, everything's more messy. The fighting. And so uh, comparing it to the raid is tough because the raid has like a, a
0: brilliant martial artist. It is not doing a display of stunt skill or martial art skill. I guess yeah. it's more of a. I I guess what I'm marveling at is the um is just Bong Joon Ho's screenwriting skills. So it's plot payoffs. The plot payoffs are very. I find them very like tight and snare like, and like he's very good at going. Now this, and you're like, oh, that was so fucking cool. Like when the uh, egg guy, who should have been played by Stephen Merchant, I would argue, um, <laughs> says, well, a lot, of, st- just watch a lot of stuff you think is extinct on the train actually still exists. Oh, like what? Like these? And he mows everyone yeah. down with bullets, which you've become thoroughly convinced are not going to be a factor in this movie. Uh, payoffs but, like that are just amazing you're right it's but to me it's almost it's a screenwriting martial arts it's like he knows exactly when the inflection point should hit and he is he he pays he likes his setups are subtle and then his payoffs are huge which i really appreciate and he keeps
1: he keeps things changing like the tunnel scene and stuff where they they the upper hand is constantly shifting in that fight uh it's 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 more about the tension of the characters because you've you've they've also established that uh, pretty much anybody can die. Oh yeah. And so before watching it, you know, second time you know, like, and they all will. So I don't have to care that much. But the first time around, you you don't want these people to die. So that it feels, I don't know. I like the messiness for that reason. They shouldn't all be
0: really good fighters because why would they be you're right it's more yeah i'm i guess i'm marveling it's at the, the number passion of behind it yeah like when yeah it's just sheer maneuvering like the when octavia so the idea that in your third act you're going to introduce a henchman you've seen in passing before and make him the big bad, like suddenly he's the Terminator or the guest and we like can't stop this guy. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's like a schlubby, like a 39-year-old guy in a gray, nondescript suit. And all he does is really want to kill you. Um, Amazing deftness to me to just have him coldly in a medium-wide shot not in a money shot not in a glory shot shoot octavia spencer to the ground while engaged in a different fight it's so efficient to make you be like i want that guy dead now like yesterday where is john wick (laughs) fuck that guy and i just think bong Jun ho knows film and he knows the audience he knows like This guy has to be really hateable right now. What can I do? And he thinks of a good, effective way to do that. Uh, The other payoff that was huge for me is their actual plan. The idea that the cleverness of like you take barrels and you make a metal tube and you use it as a battering ram, which also blocks the gates. And then people can crawl through the tube and attack. It's just like it's full of ingenuity and imagination and. I'm he's amazing <laughs> I love him he
2: really yeah is. it's uh it, it it is adapted
0: okay remember from so what? I
2: I wonder how much of that I can't remember it might just be like called a short, short story or, I don't know
0: sci-fi shorts or something
2: yeah I saw it, it yeah a novel I did not know
0: story. that
1: did the story so I don't know what
2: um where it's drawn from or what it gets from that uh but yeah he's I, he's so nimble, I think you were saying, uh, Swaim about how he, like the snare drum hits. like what I think his superpower is, uh, Bong Jun Ho's like he is so good at disguising everything with such character and nuance. Uh, even his plot points and even the like why what people want, not just themselves, but like how they go about things are disguised as red herrings equal to the things that are actually going to develop as very important plot points. So you're kind of in this big mess of nothing. And then what kind of pays out is whatever, you know, the God figure as, you know, the writer determines will pay out. And it makes logical structural sense, or it makes narrative sense. And he's so good at making you unsure of when those things will activate. That they come off as a surprise, even though they're always there. You know, it's just you didn't think it was because, like, for example, we I think several times we've uh, in this podcast we've mentioned like the Chekhov's gun thing. There's nothing more propagandist than Chekhov's gun. You, it is the premier thing to go. Now let's see a close-up shot of a gun. Why? Because it will be important later. Plant and payoff. And because of that, his plants and his payoffs seem kind of, like, jerky and drastic all over the place of, like, who's going to be important, who's going to do the thing. Like, look no further than uh, uh, the guy with the knives. I forget his name. Uh, Yeah. He, like, you expect him to pay him major role in murdering things. Why? Because he's the most efficient murderer we've got. And he does a handful of murders. He reminded me of the little
0: guy from The Simpsons where you're like, when you look away, you know he's gonna do something (laughs) awesome. But, and I, I gotta say, like, my heart leapt and I felt very in the moment and in the movie when he fucking saves Curtis by letting his hand get stabbed and, like, pushing the bone against the knife. Oh, yeah. Everyone gets a good arc and a good... We just started Kings of King and talked about The Shining, and it's a nearly flawless movie, but we talked about how there seems to be, like, a spreadsheet mishap where you forgot to pay off Shelley Duvall's arc because you're secretly misogynist Stanley Kubrick but uh (laughs) Bong Joon-ho fucking knows the math of filmmaking everyone's arc and they're fairly simple he does setup payoff and at the most complex setup repeated reminder of the setup payoff like with the red notes I mean that's that it's a real Chekhov's gun where you're like Who's writing the red notes? Obviously, that will be revealed. And as the movie gets close to the end, you're like, oh, I know who it'll be because that would be the biggest twist. Uh, So he's guilty of that. But I think he throws so many at you that I don't notice them coming. I'm usually surprised. The the sweatiest. You're
2: always
1: entertained. The sweatiest one for me, the one that I noticed upon first watching and felt even sweatier this time is when they wake the guy up from the prison and he takes a cigarette and someone says oh, cigarettes have been extinct for more than 10 years now. And it's like, they all know that, right? Nobody has to say that out loud. Why are we hearing yeah, that? That's, uh, and then they're talking about yeah. how explosive the drug is. And then they have matches. And it was like, Oh, okay. But I, that, yeah, that all those true. things are going to be combined. It's not, Especially it's the, not that bad.
2: The latter, the you're right. The former, I think is more of just like catching us up to speed. Remember not everyone is well versed in like apocalypse yes. sci fi movies where it's Most like, are, well, you got to kind of world build point. a little I, bit. I and think even the small things you got to take think, for granted. I think that that's for American audiences yeah, as well.
1: I get that, but I think the cigarette line, the problem with that line is even though that doesn't have to do with the matches or the drugs. It snapped my attention to paying attention like, to the exposition in the moment. Right. And oh, then started noticing the other ones because I was like, that line seems kind of sweaty. I agree. And that's if that's interesting, when these lines are this. also standing out. He
0: says, every year at New Year's, I stand at this window and look at this plane. He, They say that he's been in jail for several years and we see that the jail right. car is that you're locked in a drawer you sleep in. Fuck is he talking I, about?
1: <laughs> I assumed <laughs> no, he meant
0: before he was in jail, okay. but
2: yeah. <laughs> There's a few que- a few questions. I mean, we'll get to the big one, which is the kids, but my other favorite one is the Clearly Forever dance party that turns into a murder it's just chain like, ride like uh, the front of well, the train. Near the front. Yeah. So, like, why is this rave, like, right outside of Ed Harris's why would door? It Harris' door? Ed Harris likes to get wet. Ed Harris
0: put the, <laughs> the club car I right out. It's the second car
1: outside his... It's, a, it's and, like no, the top. Like, they're like no one ever sees him. He never comes out except when he goes clubbing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a fucking he maniac. He's when either he goes in clubbing. his engine room
2: with all the Murphy beds and tables and shit, or just quickly pop to the dance. And party. I don't understand that's why these people are still
0: going years. full club, although some people's responses to the coronavirus makes me be like, I guess that is what people do. But yeah. um I don't understand, like, don't they know that Tilda Swin just got shot and all the kids were evacuated and there's revolutionaries I think coming? They might
1: not. Yeah, they <laughs> might they not. Uh,
0: yeah. They I think seem they might just like be having a And for anything. my money, that, like, the battle of the club kids, as I called it in my notes, is I understand functionally why. It happened because it urged several other plot payoffs that needed to happen to happen in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's literally the only thing that I like would have found a way to cut out and streamline in the movie. That's where it dragged for I me. I would have figured something better is to be available because I understand that
2: they already had like rich Victorians and, they, you know, they had, like, different cars that had different hats right. that they were that were, like, very rich people. But, like, uh, that one f- felt out of place. <laughs> and the fact that it's on the top of the food chain is hilarious to me.
1: I also, well, I, I figured they needed buffers because they do, like... Oh, there's the uh, where they make the food and the prisons and stuff near the back to make a separation. So, like, I feel like Ed Harris needed a separation and he was like, eh, make it a party club. Put the chronicle pit I, right behind my office. Yeah. Where
0: does he go to the bathroom? Does he have to be like, excuse Whatever me, he excuse wants. me, Wilford, God of the universe? Yeah. Excuse me, sir, your nipple <laughs> rings are hitting my shoulder. I'm going to the bathroom.
2: Where I think all those shelves come out and you can just piss in any shelves? Yeah.
1: Where where are they all sleeping? I assume we just don't see those rooms. Yeah. But it, I'm very curious. Uh, like, did they create the train? They're like, oh, shit. Actually, beds. the only
0: car there's we see short... with beds in it is the tail car. Right. They have it, like, best yeah. in that regard. No, there's
2: there's one that looks like more of a traditional. There's, like, some transition cars. There's one that has more traditional setup, kind of like when you think of, like, Hogwarts. There's yeah. also, it's like one person per cabin kind of yeah. deal. Berths. But I assume at Harris, one of those, just like his table, which clearly slides out from, and it can Murphy be run over. Like he's got a yeah. Murphy bed. But, uh, I
1: think. Uh, but all the other goddamn people party him. There's so many yeah, people party him. I think it's implied that there's
2: transitions I think and since nothing yeah. interesting happens there. Yeah. And there's uh, that scene where the they walk through movies. like
0: the freezer car full of hanging meat, exactly. but then they just right. immediately walk into another car where the bulk of the scene takes place. So I think they do try to show like, and we skipped some cars. Whatever plot hole you right. imagine, there's a car for that that we didn't show.
1: They, mm. they didn't go through the ghastly farm car because there's mm. got to be a car just full of chickens and cows
0: oh. and shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. We've got... A car full of frozen hanging animal carcasses. Where's the car of animals constantly being jerked off and inseminated and slaughtered? Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's gotta be. Right. Like, it's gotta be like a Minecraft setup, right? Where well, it's just we, like yeah. cows in these a, small little pens.
2: We got an aquarium, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's just imagine that, but like a shitty ranch that is very like. Has to be many, many cars because it takes a lot yeah. of space to make farms. Yeah, and I'm also kind. You don't have a lot of space on a train. Kind car. of
0: confused as to why they're so confident that it'll never derail, when like multiple times a year they hit huge ice flows and are like, "It might derail. We'll see."
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think they are. I think they just have to be.
0: Confident, they just hope, right? Sure. Because what else? What's your other option? You know. They could Uh, have been actively convening and making plans and discussing, is it possible in some way to live if the train stopped? Also, that's my other thing. The train doesn't generate power by moving forward. Why does the train have to be going?
1: It generates, all right, the only thing it generates is
0: water. So couldn't the train only roll when they need water and not risk hurtling at hundreds of miles an hour constantly blindly around the globe? (laughs) Or stop and go get
2: supplies. Here's a thought: What about all those people who are in their fucking uh, like the the rave mm-hmm. party? Tell them here. Here's a craft. It's called blacksmith. Like it's like blacksmithery, <laughs> and you right. can go out and get iron every year when we pass this iron, or we can grab some iron, bring it on, smelt it, and use it to fix the fucking piece of the train that they have to put dumbass kids in. Right. You know, Cr- like there's Chris gotta Evans be ways does. to
1: improve
2: the plan. You don't just need to solve it with tiny <laughs> they're like the reason they need a kid is that the part broke that like well, takes out all of like the soot or yeah. whatever. The reason they need the kid
0: we- the makes sense that way.
2: Yeah. They don't have suits. We can survive in space for oh, the length of amount dude, of oxygen we when can When they bottle.
0: open the they open the hole to put the guy's arm through to shatter it, the Full force of the minutes. cold is blowing through the hole for like a good eight seconds. And I would just argue that if you can stand there in just a suit, like a blazer and a shirt, and you're not even uncomfortable, you would start questioning, is it that cold outside? Like, I'm feeling it now. That guy just shot holes in the window. I'm not dead. It's like you wonder, right. <laughs> like... It
1: if really someone... seems like Chris Evans, yeah.
0: if he had taken over...
1: He sh- he should have taken over. Ed Harris was like, "I want you to take over," and he could be like, "Okay, cool." First order of business: we're gonna do something about the children, about the children in the engine you got running around. Yeah, like we c- he train. could just make some changes. That's yeah. true. He did. he Ed got Harris- an
0: opportunity revolutionaries never get, which it was. It turned out all along that the evil plutocratic billionaire wanted you to take over anyway. Like he could have just yeah. made the society way better. Mm-hmm. He really could
1: have. It it wouldn't have been. It's not an impossible situation no. at all.
2: No, it's not.
1: <laughs> it's being run by a madman. It's but, uh, that's the yeah, that's the you, issue.
2: You do get this a lot with uh, a lot of sci-fi's because half of the fun is the stupid fucking Hunger Games situations you got. Like yeah. that's why people lo- love Hunger Games because you can do a thing of just nonsense. But it looks and feels cool in order to be uh, to get 40 million dollars in order to make this thing. Uh, that's all he had to really give up yeah. uh, in terms of vision and plot holes and plot inconsistencies. I'll take a um, snow piercer every day. You don't the get the textural feeling that there's a ton of
0: plot holes at the time. We're like trying to. No, you uh, don't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think what I'm realizing through this phenomenal conversation is that it's. I didn't appreciate to what a degree Snowpiercer is a master class in the basics of planned payoff, which is something I appreciate very, very much. And they are mm-hmm. basic planned payoffs, but there's so many of them. I I hadn't and Dave pointing out that it's, the payoff, the reason you're like dopamine flows is not because the fighting's so good. I'm like, you're right. All it is is screenwriting virtuosity. It's that there's so many payoffs in such quick succession. You're like, guess what? The whole society has been eating bugs this whole time. Guess what? Tilda Swinton would sell him out in a second. Guess what? They want off the train. They don't even want to get to the front. Guess what? Chris Evans ate a baby. You're like, whoa, you're coming at me with a lot real fast. <laughs> yeah. and it's like everything yeah. about it is Go ahead.
1: Oh, it's, it's, everything is, it's designed to be, I don't know, like it, the fact that it's a train that it's just, we need to get from the back to the front. There's different train cars that you can be like, okay, each train car represents this scene and this scene and this scene. It's all very fundamental. Like the way it's shot where it's like, oh yeah, every shot is, if they're going to the front of the train, they're going from left to right, or they're going away from the camera. Like, that's front of the train. Mm. If they're going to back of the train, they're going towards the camera or right to left. Like, it's the same with the payoffs. It just feels like he had such a very oddly basic foundation to put this all on that it
0: works really, really well. Did yeah. you like, Dave, the payoff of... Because I understand your problem with the cigarette exposition, but I did it's like... It's not a big problem. It's like, eh, that line could have been written but, well, like slightly better. I, like, that's have it. you read Snow Crash? One of my favorite books. I've mentioned it many times. No. On the, okay. But uh, Snow Crash is about like a futuristic pizza delivery man, hacker ninja, <laughs> or like samurai who, who lives in, you know, cyberspace. It's really fucking cool. And it's cool in that way that like Doom Eternal is cool. Where you try to, you don't, you're not self-conscious and you're just like, what would be fucking cool? I'm 13. What's cool? And I get right. a lot of that off this movie, especially when, uh Nam points out that uh, our hero right before the climax is pausing for a moment to smoke the final cigarette that will ever exist on yeah. the face of the earth I'm like well that's like a superlative that I would have loved to have given any of my sci-fi protagonists that I wrote what a cool idea my guy is so cool he smokes the last cigarette that will ever exist <laughs> I just think that's really mm. neat <laughs> And I think yeah, he's good at stuff yeah. like that. at like um man, he's playful, he's playful as fuck. And if you see Bog Jun Ho's like interviews, he has a great sense of humor. and I think even though yeah. this is grisly and has no humor in it, you know what I mean. The fact that he doesn't take himself well, too seriously applies to the film.
1: That's why I was personally so surprised at Parasite is that his movies up until Parasite have been kind of silly. Like Jake Gyllenhaal in Oakja is ridiculous. Uh and and the this the, the classroom scene mm. in this is and over the, host the top. And like
0: look at this quirky Malcolm in the middle style dysfunctional family. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's it's mm. so like like you have to la- I mean this one has Chris Evans slipping on a fish.
0: We haven't <laughs> talked about weird. that for like 15 minutes. And what it, they were all he slipping their fucking axes fish. in fish blood for luck is that a thing?
1: I think it's like toxic damage like it's poison dealing like the right? witcher's
0: blade or something
1: like you don't you really don't want to get that fish blood I on guess. you now. like mm-hmm. I wouldn't want. It's him. a fucking axe, Dave. It's yeah, going in your face. <laughs> but if it goes into your leg and you get away, you're like, Ugh, "Ew, what's in?" Uh, I got all sorts of fish. Germs so they're doing in me.
2: all of that planning for the first like four. They're wasting a fish that anyone could eat.
0: Yeah, yeah. For like Hilda Flinton said, have a sushi day. only eat sushi yeah. twice a year, and only the richest people in the train get to. They take the biggest fish you've seen in the whole movie dip their axes in it and throw it on the floor what is that about and then chris evans <laughs> still slips and falls yeah. it's i glorious. also love precisely it's- 74 i mean to me because i love sci-fi can't be bullshit This is the type of sci-fi bullshit that I understand is objectively ridiculous that I still that it awakens the inner child in me. And I go, that's so cool, even though it's not really when she goes precisely 74 percent of you shall be killed. And you see that they've dispatched a counter guy to walk around the battle with a counter to make sure exactly 74 percent of the people are dying. That's (laughs) so funny to me.
2: Everything in balance, baby. <laughs> like, That's
0: cool. That's good. Good writing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it works because it also adds to the you know uh, hegemony of yeah. these people. It reminds which me which of Brazil. Makes you hate in them more. So covered
0: recently. Yeah, mm. exactly.
2: It's the unthinkable. And of like it all.
0: the Trump administration is fascistic in a way that is comical. So it's not weird to me. It's now, I think, common to a lot of us that, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the boot that crunches down on your neck out of hate and ignorance and dooms the planet to die can also be laughably stupid at the same time. And <laughs> yeah, it's covered kind in of fish blood. Yeah, it's kind of the worst <laughs> part. I don't even know what the fuck like they're when doing, she's, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: the, at the beginning, when they're freezing that guy's arm, she can't get the intercom oh, to yeah. work. Uh, and sh- they just so, like, there's this desperation to their to the cultism around ed harris where they're all just so oh the pregnant
0: teacher is like a loathsome creature
1: oh Can we talk about
2: that because I love that Allison Pill and Tilda Swinton are so fucking horny yeah. for that Wolford song. Yeah. The re, you have to remember that these people lived in a non-trained society. Chris Evans was 17. So Tilda had on like earth a good 17 22 in the train. years
0: of normal earth life. Yeah.
2: They are super yeah. indoctrinated for I, 17 yeah. years. This is why It's not like they're born wanna, into
0: this. Done. That's why one. Wanna- well, I want to see oh, the sorry. train car where the indoctrination Me? takes place because one superpower the system seems to have that I don't think they show any like uh, apparatus for. I don't understand how is like they can take Pete and put him in the room and com- very quickly brainwash him to the point where he's like i just grind cockroaches man i i gotta stay here i can't join the revolution this is my job it's fine i like the taste of cockroaches and then they get to the front of the train and they're that kid the movie is basically in real time so that kid andy that we saw was taken about eight hours ago that's being generous is is so brainwashed that chris evans is going what are you doing kid I I knocked him out. The revolution. You don't have to do the shitty job. And he just he just silently Remember like me, gets in a giant bullet and like loads himself into the engine. You're like, what are that they doing is- in eight hours that completely breaks these kids' spirits? It's a it's impressive. That feels
1: like a deleted. Yeah, it feels like a deleted scene because it's so noticeable that it's got to yeah. be. Like, I want to know what the chrono, fuck they're rude. doing. Yeah, right. I wonder what like the equivalent of college is, because there's got to be like rebellion stages. People are like this nice. bullshit. Like a trade bullshit trade, and like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like
2: the like it's easy to indoctrinate kids, like they show in the school uh, car, but like there's a lot of people who still are hanging on to the old days after yeah. 17 years. Who are like, nah, you can't run a society like that. I'm gonna stop you. And they're gonna infect other people with their ideas. You can kill as many of them as you want, but if you need to keep seventy four percent, you know, or whatever it is, yeah. Like they're gonna squeak by. You're still gonna get revolutionaries because it's
0: what's right, is that that they want revolutions are baked into the system because they need population calls. Right. So that does make sense. Yeah, it's neo.
2: Well, but it's like the idea that you can control a revolution. Oh,
0: oh, that's true. No, that Ed Harris is like calmly eating his steak, being like, and it was so entertaining how your revolution got wildly out of hand to the point where you could kill me now if you decided to. This is all well in hand. And you're
2: like, but he could kill you right now. This wasn't
0: your plan.
2: There was like 90% of that unexpected, but that 10%, I had it (laughs) all up in here, baby. It's like, well, did you?
1: I, th- I think this is ultimately one of the problems with dystopian films, yeah. or what one yeah. of the things they have to get by is the reason I think Parasite works better is because Parasite doesn't have to explain anything. It's essentially a dystopian mm. film. It's just, it's our society and we mm. understand those facets are dystopian. how things yeah. are the way they are. <laughs> we don't, yeah, we don't have to ask all these questions like, how does this work? How do people think this way that's i I, i've been i've been waiting for the new season of handmaid's tale and that does a great job with it because i think that a lot of dystopian plots kind of need like five seasons to really because what handmaid's tale does they do an episode where they show like Oh yeah that the these oppressive people in the society here's where they were before this happened and how they got there here's how we slowly got here's how society looked like our society and then slowly became this other society and and it it's way and more there are fascinating real that way so to so like explore. when they connect the
0: dots you're like oh okay i could see how that could happen but you're right there's an aspect of when it's just presented to you You're like, in this society, everyone believes everyone under the age of eight has to walk on their hands at all times. You're like, why, though? (laughs) But why?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, how did we get to this? Yeah, how did we get there? Like, I remember the Hunger Games, the first one, I think, when they do the lottery, and there's all the, the poor people from the bad districts, uh, watching and their kid gets taken away they're all like pissed mm-hmm. and they hate it and i'm like w- w- well if they don't like it why is this been especially when for their so long? argument
0: is they're like, like that's this so keeps weird. everyone happy and pacified you're like everyone yeah. seems pretty pissed about I like, it i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah how, how did it get to this why are they letting their kids go on this like <laughs> weird train like wouldn't it just every time they try to do this it'd oh, be a yeah. riot but everybody's I, just like, ah, damn. I they think got, Hunger they called Games my is near the top okay, of the list I hate for
0: this. not doing due diligence there. Like the Hunger Games Society, there's almost no conceivable way to connect how it got there from where we are. Right. And you sort of need
1: something like Snowpiercer. What's, how it's easier to accept is they're like, okay, the world died. And now we're on a train and you're like, okay, I can see how anything's possible. Here. And I can
0: see how like, you sort of need like some and huge can event like people that. at the front of the train who happen to be near where the food and heat are would be very welcoming of the idea that, Hey, we should all join a cult that, uh, codifies that the people with first class tickets are superior and their resources will always be better than the people at the back. I'd be like, I mean, if uh, if we're stuck on this train, then yeah, sure, I'm down. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and I can see how when the, like the people on the back were let in for free, how they can hold that over them, like mm-hmm. their existence. The is cult a is viable. Yeah, when it's just given the
0: severe yeah. circumstances.
2: Right, they didn't get tickets. They were just hang on, like they were. I don't know how she says it. Tilda Swinton says it at one point. She says like, "You guys, we just took you in because like you're." It's like
0: everyone was dying, and the people people were banging on the doors, and he let some people in the last car, and now they owe their whole right, right. descendancy to him because of that. Right. So
2: it's indentured servitude.
0: Yeah, it's um,
2: you can see how. I like that they also, like, the biggest explanation of it and how it was like was uh, in the exposition scene with Chris Evans. But it's done with a short story that takes things for granted yet again. It's not just, well, like, well, here's brass text. This is what happened. This is what happens, which is sometimes what we do with our exposition scenes. Like, that's a delightful exposition scene. Because it's just another person telling someone a relevant story, but in it is peppered in things like, oh, it had gotten that far before the train where people yeah. were eating people. Oh, okay. And then you can infer the leaps. You know, it's like there's always going to be missing links, but it's just like you have to draw enough that we get a increased resolution of like that all scans. And so I don't ask questions about it. That's a good uh, like that's a good representation of a story. Uh, when you do that, people don't think about the problems you have in your. Don't mood.
0: ask questions. Know your place. Be the shoe. <laughs> be a shoe. Be it's even shoe. funnier as uh, it's uh, know your place. Keep it's your a place. Shoe. Yeah. Be a shoe. <laughs> yeah.
2: oh, I love that she has to explain that.
0: A, like, a, a shoe goes on, goes on, the, goes foot. on the foot. <laughs> a hat
2: goes on the head. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. She's just very <laughs> insulting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, all right. Final thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just, final thoughts. One time. more
2: shout out to Ko Sung who played Yona. That first, uh, did you guys catch when they get to like the first rich person train? After the school, it's like that Victorian yeah. tea party or whatever. Everyone's having. There's two women who are at the top of the stairs. who are absolutely horrified of her, and yes. she just immediately walks yeah. up and just starts touching them. Yeah, and, like and loving, having a great time. on how, the, how
1: they're dressed and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff
2: like that. It reminds me of like the Jack Nicholson Joker art mm-hmm. exhibit exhibition scene in Batman, where it's like super irreverent. Because in this we're on her side. In Batman, we know we're that like, oh, like, we he's, da- he's making people
0: feel dangerous at a regimented event. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Right,
2: yeah. he's tearing down the stuffy high art people. But uh, was, but we knew that he was always on the dark side. He's a villain. We have no doubt in this movie that she's on the right side, quote unquote, which just shows how malleable things are. Like. Depending on our outlook in stories, someone can d- essentially do the same action of like, yeah, but fuck oh, those yeah. people. Someone that's can eat you a baby really and you're like, in but I make...
0: understand. I forgive him. It depends on your alignment and what exactly. you've been told about it's that so character. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's why I do love the moralistic aspect of this uh, movie about how you know we were talking about earlier about *Parasite*, pointing out a flawed system uh, as opposed to this having a solution at the end. Uh, it's it's so fake. and I like that. And it's based off just would have been much weaker viewer, if like
0: you know Nam and Yona weren't drug addicts also, or if Chris Evans had always been mm-hmm. a good guy and everything was always like fine with him. It's stronger the other way. It's stronger right. in the way where you point out that morality exactly. is very much in flux at all times.
2: Yeah. And you can have a thing that is very good, but also look like a thing that is very bad, and it can have hmm. aspects of both. And so you're kind of choosing between things that are bad and good, as opposed to this is clearly the better thing.
0: Sometimes you gotta eat so, a baby. Hey. None of us are above tone. It. vote Biden if you have two people. Sometimes you got to eat a baby. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you have to eat a baby. We all yeah. got to buckle down sometimes. <laughs> in 2020. A, that's
2: why I wanted to make sure Dave was on this podcast, because I knew at some point he was going to say the words, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to eat a baby. Yeah. That
0: makes it what? That's, you know, I think. That was my big anything. plan. You see, I'm, I'm much it's like, like. 89 public appearances in a row mm-hmm. where you've said that. The streak continues. <laughs>
1: I know. It's Look, impossible. I'm not saying go out and eat a baby right now.
0: I'm just oh, saying, saying sometimes, sometimes you got eat to eat a baby. You have to. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that's a good uh, time to wrap this up, right? A, so Does
0: anyone have anything else that they want Just thank add? you, Carl P and Does Snow. Here, sir. Mm. I thought I'd think of mm, funnier uh, lyrics. Pluggables? Uh yeah, Dave, please plug your shit.
1: Uh, I, I've, uh, I have I've a podcast network with Tom Ryman you all know about it it's called Gamefully Unemployed go to patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed and you can see stuff that we do
2: can't say oh, enough oh, high praise about that
1: oh can I I, I never plug my twitter at movie hooligan you, might, you okay. might as well follow me
2: very funny dude very funny dude I encourage people to uh, check out those podcasts you'll can eat you'll fall with them They're very, very funny.
0: Thank you. Thank you. All right. Baby. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Eat a baby. Eat babes every day.
1: Bye.